Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome, everyone, to RB1 Colon Fantasy Football Podcast, part of the Fake Team Podcast channel. I am the consummate professional presenter of the DeAndre Swift gift for those with a swift lift up the fantasy gift list, first ranking officer of the Terry McLaurin Stand Club and BFFs with the Oracle, your humble host, Pete Rogers. And I am joined by only one guy, but it's the same guy. It's the Duck Father, governor and overseer of Derrick Henry Rage Manor, DK Metcalf's number one admirer, and caster of the double reverse chutzpah, resident old man Clark Barnes. Clark, it is back to the olden days of the RB1 podcast when it was uh, just you and me with regularity. It's nice to be regular. It's. <laughs> I often, when I am not regular, I, I you know, there are ways to address it and make sure that yep. things are moving smoothly. Uh, how are you doing great uh, a little insulted that you called me a governor in this uh the election season uh, i feel slimy now thanks but uh, other welcome. than that pretty good good well i think it's safe to say that tuesday uh didn't go like anyone had planned or wanted clark not a single sexy name was traded at the nfl deadline yeah it's tragic what we got instead was the Patriots adding Isaiah Ford and the Dolphins trading DeAndre for DeAndre Washington because I guess Miles Gaskin is now injured. So that was the excitement of the NFL deadline. Yeah, Quan Alexander was that a couple of days ago. Oh yeah, traded from the to the Niners. Yeah, so defense. Who cares about defense? Yeah, for all you IDP people, IDP yeah. man, can you imagine? Of which like, I'm like falling backwards in the third place in my only IDP league. So oh, that's why I nice. can't even imagine like having to add more positions than I need to worry about in fantasy. Like as, as it is, I have like gotten rid of in my home league that I'm commissioner of gotten rid of defense and kicker just to like <laughs> limit the number of positions Aww. I need to worry about. Now nah, we have defense. We brought defense back. We got, we did just kicker last year. This year we're just doing defense. My, we need to have an off season discussion on this, but the like in vogueness of crapping all over kickers because it's so random. Hey guys, I got a, I got to let you in on a little secret. This whole thing is incredibly <laughs> random. Like the best people are right 55% of the time. That's random, guys. It's so true. have some fun with it. Yeah. Kickers, I I prefer, I like defenses more than kickers. But yeah, I mean, I'm not going to die on the hill, but it's fun. And the argument against it is stupid because it's the argument like, against it's it is dumb. Yeah, dude. So is everything else. Like <laughs> yeah, that, that argument is dumb. Uh, yeah that i agree with that all right well let's get into uh week nine starts and sits we're gonna make our way through all the games and we'll start with thursday night football which might not even be thursday night football considering both these teams have had positive covid tests this week um but nonetheless oh i uh, thought there might be fires in each city so they didn't know where they were gonna have the game i mean that also is probably i like it this game this game i mean which sucks because green bay packers heading to san francisco to play the 49ers I mean, on paper, if everyone's healthy, this is a great matchup. But 
unfortunately it's not. Uh, the COVID tested for the 49ers, just so those who know, Kendrick Bourne was the one who tested positive for COVID. So he is out the wide receiver and they cut Dante Pettis, which means basically it's Brandon Ayuk or bust in that receiving group, uh, which is always great to see, especially for a good old, uh, what's his name? Who's going to be taking over? Not Jimmy G, but I can picture him. Damn not it. Beth Hart, Chris not- Mullen. <laughs> there it is. The Chad former Mullen? basketball Chris player. Mullen? It's something like that. (laughs) It's something Mullins. Anyways, uh, for me, the the Packers don't have a running back also uh, because Jamal Williams also has COVID. And Aaron Jones might be back? Aaron Jones might be back. Question mark. Question mark. mark. Uh, Don't forget about Alan Lazard, everyone, because he's supposed to come off IR this week. And if he's been practicing and if he's ready to play, uh, he's going to be a big boost to this uh, Packers passing game. Yeah, my notes here are pretty simple. Um, whoever is playing running back for the Packers, still questionable because the Niners' run defense is actually pretty good, and why not just throw it on them instead? And then whoever is playing running back for the 49ers, you absolutely want to put in your lineup, even if you're just guessing. I'm I'm guessing against Tevin Coleman yeah, uh, and just putting it on the line with Hasty. So that's what I'm going with. But that's just purely based on Tevin Coleman's track record for several years. Yeah, I like the Jermichael Hasty too. That's who I have in my notes is you have to start a running back in this game for the 49ers because the not only do we just love the 49ers ground game with Kyle Shanahan, uh, but also the Green Bay Packers are giving up the most points to running backs this year in fantasy. So we just saw Dalvin Cook torch them for four touchdowns. Uh, and you know, Kyle Shanahan has something schemed up for Jermichael Hasty to score five touchdowns on the Packers this week. So, if this game is played on Thursday night, uh, you got to make sure Hasty or any for any possible 49ers running back is in your starting lineup. Basically, I would just say Hasty or Jerick McKinnon. I, I don't have faith in Tevin Coleman. That's all they have left, right? I think so. Come and on. then maybe for the Packers, maybe uh, Big Bob Tanyan, maybe mm, if you yes. have to. If you have to, I like that. All right, well, let's move on to the Sunday games. Uh, Denver Broncos heading to Atlanta to take on the Falcons. I'm calling this as my Jerry Judy breakout game. He had 10 targets last week. Yeah, baby. 10 targets last week, which shows that he's becoming a more vital part of this offense. And the Falcons are giving up the most yards to wide receivers per target. So if he sees another high target load this week, uh, he's going to be in for a big game. And I think he pieces together, uh, uh, you know, 80 plus yards and a touchdown and announces his entrance into the uh, NFL realm of viable starting wide receiver twos. Yeah, so football guys, writer, and uh, Denver Bronco aficionado Cecil Lammy uh, said there's a lot of turmoil going on in the Denver Broncos organization. Pat Shermer's offense is too complicated for Drew Locke. Uh, it looked like someone got – a coach got punched at halftime because he came out with, like, broken glasses oh and, like, taped-up nose <laughs> What job. is going like, on in Denver? You know when the nerd gets hit in the movie, <laughs> that's what it looks like afterwards. And uh, I, apparently one of the possible outcomes of that fight – is everyone saying your complicated your complicated offense isn't working? Drew Luck is is not smart enough at the moment to do it. So why don't we just tell him where to throw the ball, a la Jared Goff? And that's why Jerry Judy got like ten targets last week. Mm. So hopefully, if that's what's happening, that is great for Judy because if you just had to pick who was going to be open at the beginning of every play, Jerry Judy probably a pretty good option most of the time. Uh, my only other note here is free Philip Lindsay. Like, 
God, they just want him to not be a thing so bad. And he's just so good. Yeah, it is. It is. It is a testament to how good Philip Lindsay is, is when Melvin Gordon, like in his revenge game, quote unquote, against the Chadges last week, Philip Lindsay still was a much better performer. Like couldn't, couldn't, Gordon couldn't even get up for that. So let's just, let's get this backfield entirely over to Philip Lindsay. And actually, faketeams.com not only are we a podcast we also write articles uh head over there because we do have an article talking about five running backs a la philip Lindsay, uh who are guys trapped in running back committees that if they were to get the full load they would suddenly become league winners just like raheem monster was last year for you so philip Lindsay is certainly one of those guys um all right, let's move on then to the Seattle Seahawks heading to Buffalo to take on the Bills. Uh, what do you got for this game? Well, I'm finding where I got my order for games is very different oh, than no. where you got your order for games. <laughs> um, Clark spinning. So nothing wheels. special for this game. Just fire them up. We're going to be watching to see who the running back is for the Seahawks, and we're going to play them, whether it's Carlos Hyde, whether it's Travis Homer, whether it's the other guy whose name is escaping me. Definitely uh, want DJ Dallas, which sounds like an amazing DJ name. Like when it people were saying like it, a made up name in football. It does. When like people it. were saying it on Twitter, I was just like, no, wait, there's like a DJ who is like this, like a, you know, music guy who's playing running back for the Seahawks now, but DJ, Dow- DJ, DJ Dallas. Anyone, back. anyone I'm considering playing on either team, I'm firing up. Like uh, on to John Brown. Not to diss John Brown or anything, but I just don't see how both uh, Buffalo running backs don't have a pretty good game. Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, do we even need to mention that you start the one and number one and number three wide receiver in all football? Uh, yeah, just everybody is a go in this one. Yeah. I'm a little hesitant on Devin Singletary. I would actually say to like, not, well, I would say bench him. Uh, the Seahawks are allowing the third fewest rushing yards. And we've talked about a lot this week, uh, especially on Tuesday show, the Zach Moss effect. And that was on full display Sunday, where once they got into the red zone, they, Zach Moss took over that backfield and Singletary where the Seahawks have been vulnerable in running backs has been through the passing game, which Singletary hasn't really been involved in. Uh, Zach Moss has been more involved in that, but if you like, I don't think that if you can't get out from under Singletary, then you know you can still fire him up. But I, I would try to, I would try to find a, a matchup that I like better than than Singletary. I am playing Zach Moss with confidence this week. Devin Singletary, I would not be. Uh, all right, we're going to Baltimore to Indiana. Ravens taking on the Colts, and I, I mean, God damn it, I want this Ravens offense to be, especially this passing game, to be better. I be better Ravens passing game, but it's not. And for that reason, I am benching Marquise Brown this week. I can't just let him have sit in my starting lineup and get me a big fat zero. He saw two targets last week and is going up against Colts defense allowed the sixth fewest 20 plus pass yard plays, which is of course the only way Marquise Brown is going to get a big play or, or any kind of fantasy production is Lamar Jackson heaving the ball down to the field to him because for whatever reason, John Harbaugh hasn't decided that, <clears throat> uh jim harbaugh john 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 michigan is on my mind unsurprisingly and so i am mixing up the harbaugh's john harbaugh uh won't throw won't get the ball to marquise brown in intermediate routes it's either 50 yards down the field or nada so he's sitting on my bench this week even if it's just a reminder to marquise brown that you know in order to be a starter on my fantasy team you actually got to put up numbers got to earn it yeah, it's a battle of strength against strength for both of these teams. The Colts are 30th in points given up to running backs, so like 30th is good. That means like third best. And the Ravens are 27th. 
Meanwhile, both of these teams want nothing more than to just run the ball over and over and over again. The Ravens do that a bit uniquely. The Colts do it uh, because Philip Rivers has shown that uh, the Chargers were right in letting them go. Uh, so it's just going to be interesting this week. I think the Ravens will adapt better to not being able to do what they want to because Lamar Jackson is actually young and can still sort of pass. And I think the Colts secondary is a little bit more suspect than the Ravens secondary. I like that you have Marquise Brown on your bench this week because you just want to send a message. I have this as a Marquise Brown breakout game for no reason whatsoever, even uh, <laughs> other than it just has to happen sometime. I, so I know here, that's not good analysis. I'm but. here for that positive, those positive vibes you're sending out into the world, Clark. Because he, he made some noise last week, so the squeaky Ooh. wheel gets the grease. I don't know. I can make up any. No, you. This narrative. This it. is a narrative you ride. You are. You are on the squeaky wheel gets the grease narrative, and I am here for it. You've been on it for all season, and uh, for the most part, you are right. When a player, you know, sounds off his frustration, teams tend to get the ball to that player, especially if it's a wide receiver. So. You might have something there that Marquise Brown might might see a viable fantasy production this week. Yeah, and I think uh, Jordan Wilkins probably edges out carries in the ground game again just because I don't think Jonathan Taylor is healthy, and so I think that they're going to stay away from him. But I think Naheem Hines probably scores the most points of any of the running backs. So just an absolutely maddening week for all your Colts. <laughs> um, I agree with that ranking of hierarchy in the Colts backfield. All right, oh, let's move sorry, on. One last thing. Oh, just yeah. since we are talking running backs, uh, Gus Edwards over JK Dobbins, uh, but not necessarily because of who I like skill wise more. I just feel like Gus Edwards is going to have the lead with JK yep. Dobbins in the background. Second that notion. Uh, Clark, a game that you, I'm sure you were very excited for Houston Texans taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars and to, to add, I don't know, whipped cream to your ice cream Sunday. You didn't have Bill O'Brien GM as the Houston Texans, who certainly would have traded Will Fuller away to the Packers at the deadline. Will Fuller's still on the team. You can take solace in that. Yeah, that's great. I mean, not a whole lot of gripping analysis in this one. Just any anyone who you're on the fence with probably want them to go in this game. They already had a good shootout last, uh, last time they met, and that was under the oppressive thumb of one Bill O'Brien. I mean, I think this is going to be a decent game for David Johnson. I think uh, Keelan Cole is going to be worth playing. DJ Chark comes back to us in this game. Again, yes. predicting it just because I want it to happen. That's but, what I like to uh, hear. He he needed. He's had some kind of minor nagging injuries, like his back, chest, ankle, that he always seemed to try to play through. So uh, one story you could tell yourself is that after the bye week with these minor injuries, he's going to be better. Or we'll see this week. If he's not better after this week, you really got to start thinking about keeping him on your bench and, and just not playing him until you hear he's totally better. You know, for the Texans, good luck. I mean, Will Fuller, Brandon Cooks, Jordan Aikens should be back this week. So if you're desperate at tight end, uh, check him out. Super athletic. Usually he and uh, David Fells just cannibalize one another. And so the tight end position is good for the Texans, but it's tough when they both play. But I'm taking a shot on Aikens in one league just because he's so athletic. And I just don't see how this game isn't like 35 to 32. Yeah. And uh, the Jaguars are starting Jake Lutton at quarterback this week since Gadna Minshew is, is recovering from a thumb injury, hand injury. Multiple broken bones in his throwing Jesus. hands. Oh, that's not good. Let's uh, let's hope that heals well. But I think that lends credence to your DJ Chark take where I could see them kind of funneling, him funneling targets to DJ Chark as the number one pass catcher in that offense. Um, so I, I totally agree with you. I am here for the DJ Chark like reminder game that actually he is a viable, 
you know, wide receiver two with regularity in fantasy, which I would love to see. Um, also, this game could like if the uh, Texans get out to a super early start and they're up big, then we love garbage time. Garbage time stats are still fantasy stats and there's nothing wrong with that. All right, let's move on to the Carolina Panthers heading to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. The only thing I have for this game is I am not benching it by any stretch of the imagination, but I'm certainly tempering my thoughts on Robbie Anderson and uh, DJ Moore. I think that actually DJ Moore might, I might give DJ Moore the slight advantage um, just because we've seen now him become a little more reliable in these uh, intermediate routes and, and just his target share has gone up. Uh, I think this could be a game where I see two, I see two ways that this game's playing out and both of them giving us different reactions into Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore's usage. If this is at all kind of a close-ish game, then I think that the Panthers passing attack is going to kind of still struggle. But if the Chiefs get out huge and it's then they just kind of you know take their foot off the gas and you have half of the third quarter and a full fourth quarter of Teddy Bridgewater just chucking the ball around trying to get back, you know, they're down 20 and the Chiefs defense is kind of like, nah, whatever. Who cares if we give up a big play to Robbie Anderson? That is obviously great for his fantasy value. But I would, I have them both ranked, I think, as like middle tier wide receiver twos this week, as opposed to, I think if Robbie Anderson, I would comfortably put him back as a, a top tier wide receiver two if it was a different matchup. Yeah, I like Anderson and more just for what you mentioned there at the end. Uh, I don't expect this to be a very close game. Uh, not that it will all be all garbage time, uh, but Tyron Matthew in the middle of the field, I think, is scarier than uh, Robbie Anderson or DJ Moore. Sorry, Tyron Matthew in the middle of the field, taking away the easy over the middle stuff that Curtis Samuel has been getting lately, I think is less scary than, you know, Robbie Anderson over the top. So I think Robbie Anderson over the top, even DJ Moore over the top, good possibility this week. Uh, I agree with everything you said here, you know, fire up your Chiefs. The only problem is if it doesn't get interesting uh, for them, we might see some lame sauce, but we may actually get to see what the Chiefs want to do at running back. It's been kind of a tough transition for Bell so far not a tough transition it's just been one game so we don't really know yet um, and then just don't drop Mike Davis yet I know that uh, Christian McCaffrey is supposed to be back but just you never want to wish injury on someone but I'm holding on for just one more week just to make sure that Christian McCaffrey is all okay and it could also like Mike Davis is balled out and it could be something that like Christian McCaffrey they put so much of the offensive responsibility on his shoulders that they might want, like Mike Davis still might have a role, even with McCaffrey back, where they kind of try to balance the workload a tiny bit. Maybe. I, I would give Mark Christian is certain McCaffrey. certain that once McCaffrey's back, he's getting like 50 touches a game. I would give him touches until he <laughs> fell over. Because Mike Davis did okay, but he's not. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to crap on Mike Davis. Christian McCaffrey's much better. If Christian McCaffrey is does play and is healthy, what a game to come back to because we know the chiefs just will part the red sea for you yep. literally. Cause they wear red and say, rising tides lift all boats. So Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore having true. a bit of a slack season here is really good for them. That Christian McCaffrey's coming back. Yeah. That's a good point. That's a good point. All right. Yeah. Basically fire everyone in this game. Uh, let's move on to a game in which I was really excited about firing up a bunch of people, especially one team's offense. And then some news broke and I said, ooh, fade everyone. Uh, Detroit Lions heading to Minneapolis to take on the Vikings. And Matt Stafford is on the COVID uh, injured reserve list. So he oh, no. will not play this week, which means we're getting uh, um, 
I don't know. Uh, uh, Chase Daniels, I think, is is the backup quarterback for the uh, Lions. So while I was very hyped on Marvin Jones this week coming in to replace an injured Kenny Galladay, Minneapolis uh, allowing the most receiving touchdowns to wide receivers, Jones coming off a two-touchdown game last week. I had him as a firm wide receiver, too. And now fade the entire – fade all of uh, Detroit's passing game. I don't trust that. But I do like DeAndre Swift, who has seen a ton of work in the passing game. I like that to continue, uh, especially against the Vikings, and especially with you know Chase Daniels under center, who's probably going to be checking the ball down a fair amount. Hold on. Stats and information is looking something up. It is Chase Daniel. And Chase Daniel, if I'm not getting my quarterbacks crossed, set NCAA records for passing at the University of Houston. His problem has always been a little bit too much of the bad Ryan Fitzpatrick with not enough of the good. So Chase Daniel still could chuck it, uh, but, you know, he is still playing for Matt Patricia and the Lions. So that's probably not going to be the game plan. Most of my notes on this have drastically changed now that I have found <laughs> out that Matthew Stafford is out. Um, I had things like, I'd still put Adam Thielen in the top 15 this week. I think Jefferson is definitely a top 30-ish wide receiver. Dalvin Cook's not going to possibly have 500 yards and nine touchdowns again. Well, all of that seems not right because if I'm the Vikings, I just want to run, run, run against a, you know, relatively pedestrian Lions defense. And if I only have to beat Chase Daniel, eh. it, it becomes a lot. I totally agree with you, though, with the Vikings passing game bouncing back. I have Adam Thielen as my wide receiver 10 this week. And uh, where do I have Justin Jefferson? Wide receiver 17. So that's yeah, good. I mean, yeah. I, I know they had a bad week, but, but yeah, I would, I would be confidently firing both those guys up again and expecting them to still get you solid fantasy production. going to cut in here for a second and take us to a quick ad break. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Uh... Let's move on to the Chicago Bears heading to Tennessee to take on the Titans. Clark, what do you like in this game? Or don't like? So I, I think with the Vikings, you're just, or not the Vikings, with the Titans, you're just kind of frustrated at the tight end situation. Uh, Johnny Smith looks yeah. so good at the beginning of the year and then has fallen off. Uh, I think you're okay with um, A.J. Brown, obviously Derrick Henry, and uh, Corey Davis. Corey. I'm happy with all three of those. Uh, for the Bears, I mean, Montgomery is getting enough volume and Robinson is getting enough volume and this Titans defense is not prolific. So I'm going to go with those two. I mean, not much interest in this game real NFL wise. I think if you're thinking 
talking about starting the stars here. No problem. I know Chicago's defense is tough, but the Titans offense seems like largely impermeable to that uh, or impervious to that. So I'm going to start my Titans with confidence and I'm going to start my bears because that's where I drafted them. And I feel like I have. Yeah. Uh, I saw someone rank. I've seen, well, I've seen in fantasy pros expert rankings. I saw Alan Robinson sitting all the way. Actually, let's load it up so that I can give you exact numbers and we can mock them together. Experts, my absolute bottom. When they say that in half point PPR right now, Alan Robinson, wide receiver 13, get the fuck out of town. Wide receiver 13, Alan Robinson. I have him as my wide receiver six. Alan Robinson, I will believe in till my dying days. And he goes up against a Titans secondary that has been picked upon relentlessly this year. Uh, I don't know why you would, anyone would consider Allen Robinson anything other than a wide receiver one for the rest of the season. So fire him up with 100% confidence. Uh, you are all idiots, fancy pros, expert rankers. Come at me. Come at us. I don't care. I'll take you on. All right. Afternoon games. New York Giants heading to Washington to take on the Washington football team. I'm going to fade the Giants passing game. Uh What's his name? Who is that quarterback there? Daniel Jones has not looked good. Uh, and I know Sterling Shepard has been back and that has offered some, you know, excitement. Uh, he and Darius Slayton have been kind of more heavily involved. But Washington, man, this secondary still few, fewest points allowed to wide receivers this season uh, in fantasy. And they are like legit. This is it's it's mostly due to this pass rush and just like the pressure that they can put on quarterbacks. And Daniel Jones just doesn't, I, I'm not having faith in him. He has looked like he has regressed big time from like the flashes we saw back uh, last year. So, you know, I, I'm going to put my faith in a different passing game. If I have to play someone, I think I would go with Darius Slayton over um, anyone else, just because of the fact he saw a high target load against the Buccaneers and is also their big play go-to guy threat. They're looking for him down the field. Daniel Jones just can't throw a deep ball to save his life recently. So I'm not, uh, I'm not putting a ton of faith in it. Yeah. Not super interesting here. I think Sterling Shepard would be the play I would go with just because of the volume and the shorter stuff being, I think more attainable when the pass rush and secondary performative, but I wouldn't, I'm not going to die on the Hill and say you should start Sterling Shepard. I mean, I think Antonio Gibson and Terry McLaurin are kind of no brainers for the Washington football team, but otherwise like, both these teams suck. I have no interest in this. <laughs> Gotta love the NFC East where somehow both these teams, despite are like whatever, two and six have a, a chance to make the playoffs because that division is just hot garbage. Uh, yeah. I, I forgot completely too, that Kyle Allen is still the quarterback for the, for the Washington football team. It's what happens when you're on a bye, and you just, it's amazing how much a buy just completely makes you forget about a team. I had no memory of that. Let's move on. Las Vegas Raiders heading to uh, LA to say, take on the Chadges. And good news for all you Justin Jackson managers out there because he reclaimed the backfield last week with 20 touches for 143 total yards after uh, kind of getting a second wheel uh, before their bye to Joshua Kelly. The Raiders allowing fourth, fifth most points to running back. So I think I, I'm personally confidently firing up Justin Jackson again this week as the, as the primary back for this uh, Chargers backfield. What do you, uh, what are you vibing with this game, Clark? Yeah, I think Jackson will be back and has taken the lead back in this backfield. So we'll, uh, we'll see how long he can stay healthy. That's been a bit of a bugaboo for him lately. Uh, there are some folks on this podcast who took shots on guys like Nelson Aguilar last week and were very disappointed in the Raiders <sighs> passing game. Uh, 
that was an anomaly, I think, because of weather. I don't think that we'll see such a low passing total from uh, Las Vegas again this year. So if you're looking back at what happened last week as a predictor for this week and getting a little nervous, I wouldn't worry about it. I don't think Jacob should have, you know, 57 carries or whatever it was that he had. But also, I think uh, old Ruggs and Aguilar should be just fine. Yeah, I I second that notion exactly. I love I got really high on the Nelson Aguilar train last week. And then obviously the like 700 mile an hour wins in, uh, in Cleveland thwarted any attempt at throwing the ball. Um, but I like him again this week. And I do, I, I would like to see some uh, Henry Ruggs action, some reliable Henry Ruggs action. Uh, I don't know when that's going to come, but you know, maybe it's this week, maybe it's uh, down the line, but let's get me like, uh, you know, six to eight targets and five plus catches and we'll see where the yardage is. But like, eh, let's, let's start targeting a little bit more. All right. Miami Dolphins heading to Arizona to take on the Cardinals. Uh, anything stick out to you in this game particularly? No, you're just trying to pick between Preston Williams and Vontae Parker. And there's – good luck. Preston Williams got more <laughs> targets last week. And Devontae Parker got a pretty poorly thrown touchdown. I mean, I think I would go with Preston Williams if I just had to choose because I like him more. He seems a little bit more dynamic, but zero surprised if it's going to be Parker. I'm trying to be wishy-washy here. Uh, really, the matchup is between Tua, who looked not especially great in his first outing, but it's his first outing in the NFL uh, versus Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. Uh, really exciting thing is Chase Edmonds getting the full workload here, probably for Arizona. Uh, if you're just you have some roster spots that are kind of dead. Go out and pick up, you know, Benjamin because he's their rookie who's now one injury away. And if you've got a dead spot on your roster, go pick up a backup running back because sometimes you hit and save all your fab. Uh, for the Dolphins, I mean, I should expect Gaskin to have a pretty big game. And, you know, we'll see. Gaskin is out. <gasps> Yes. Well, Miles Gaskin is injured and Matt Breida is also dealing with an injury. So uh, we might see DeAndre Washington having just learned the playbook. Okay. Well, you can see who's deleted their Twitter account because it's election season. Hey, I commend you on that. Uh, Twitter has been a bane of my existence. I'm sure. I bet you it just feels so much better. They put a zero next to your guy on game day if he's not going to play. So you get all the news you need, basically. Yeah, you got it anyways. Uh, I like the Preston Williams call. I think even if if you're debating between which uh, Dolphins, I had to remember what team it was, uh, Dolphins receiver to pick, I think I agree with you that there's pretty – it's kind of indecisive, especially this early in the Tua's career. But – if you have Preston Williams on your team and you're wondering about starting him, I do like playing him. Uh, we did see he got five targets. He was second on the team in targets behind Miles Gaskin uh, last week against the Rams. And, you know, he is that kind of – he's a more – he's a big-body slot guy who who works across the middle, which is, you know, that's where rookie quarterbacks tend to look more so than down the field with Devontae Parker. So I do like Preston Williams. And we were super high on him after he was, like, broke out last season and then tore his ACL. So he might be coming back, and that is something that we should all take uh, confidence in and watch to see. All right, three games left. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers heading to Dallas to take on the Cowboys. And, oh, my goodness, Clark. Dalton is on the COVID list. Ben DiNucci sucked against the Eagles, sanked my fantasy team. Uh, thank you for that. Started uh, him over Cam Newton. He's on the bench now. They are benching, which means either Garrett Gilbert or Cooper Rush will be starting versus the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, which has me feeling two things. One, 
don't start your Cowboys receivers this week. Two, why the fuck didn't you go trade for Ryan Fitzmagic at the deadline? God damn it. Clearly, uh, clearly Jerry Jones is, is tanking for Trevor. But uh, yeah, this game is going to be a blowout fast. Yeah, my only note for this one, even before I knew Dalton was on the COVID list, was the only fear we have for Steelers players is that they'll only play a half. So, yep. Probably um, Ezekiel Elliott's low watermark, despite his oh. six-point game earlier. Six-point PPR game. So, Ooh. I don't know how you get away from him, but... But if you can. If you can, you should. Yeah. Uh, I know that this offense has been the uh, Steelers offense that is, has been very explosive. We're playing the Dallas. They're playing the Dallas Cowboys, which don't have a defense. And uh, it's going to be a hot button topic as to which of these wide receivers do you play with confidence. And to help us with that, the Oracle has weighed in onto which Pittsburgh Steelers wide receiver you need to start in this week's Oracle's start of the week. This week, Juju Smith-Schuster. I sense that he has quick reflexes and automatic instincts that will serve him well. So there you go. Juju Smith-Schuster will be the uh, top receiver for the Steelers this week against the Dallas Cowboys. I like it. Set it in stone. The only hope that the Cowboys have here is that Mike Tomlin's done a tremendous job over his tenure by getting his team to play down to his competition, even though this would be a feat even for him. He might be able to pull it off. This screw the fact that he's the winningest uh, uh, black co- coach in NFL history, or I think that's what was happened this week. Uh, the feather in his cap would be playing down to this uh, Cowboys and making this a game. Well done, Mike Tomlin. Something to truly be proud of. Sunday night football. New Orleans Saints heading to Tampa Bay to take on the Buccaneers, and there's a lot to talk about in this game. But Clark, to me, the two the two big narratives. Michael Thomas, possibly back. What are we going to expect from him? And are we seeing Antonio Brown this week? And what are we expecting from him? Yeah, I think if Thomas plays, he's an immediate insert into your lineup, just the way that they've been seemingly being cautious with him. But who knows? Maybe he's just like super duper hurt and they're going to throw him in there to be a distraction. I'm going to go with if he plays, I think he's going to play like the old Michael Thomas, maybe a little rest, but they should be featuring him uh, with Antonio Brown. No idea. Just, I don't know how you can have one. He's very good. And Tom Brady is an okay quarterback. So maybe. I, I it is, you should note, the world should note that Antonio Brown, and I'm bringing up stats and information is, is bringing this up to me right as we speak. If I go to, oh, I want game logs, actually. Game logs, 2019. The one game he played with the New England Patriots last year, despite having absolutely no practice time with them, he was targeted eight times, caught four balls for 56 yards and a touchdown. And Tom Brady is pushing hard, has been pushing hard for Antonio Brown, who finally got his way. Uh, like, would it surprise me if Antonio Brown takes the field and sees like five targets for three, you know, for 20 yards and a TD? Not at all. Would it be surprise me if he does absolutely nothing? The thing that's 100% going to happen, Clark, you know what's going to happen? This is what's going to happen. The New Orleans Saints secondary 
is a secondary that you can pick upon that wide receivers have had great games against. I, for one, am all back on the board of Mike Evans is going to return wide receiver one status. He's going to take full advantage of this secondary, and it's going to be a terrific watch. 100% what's going to happen now is Antonio Brown's going to come in, be Brady's number one wide receiver, see 15 targets, catch 10 of them for 150 yards and two touchdowns, and Mike Evans is going to not get to see a single target. So let's all get excited for that. That would be exciting. <laughs> Last game of the week, NFL was so close to a perfect primetime sweep with uh, Packers, 49ers, Buccaneers, Saints, and then Monday Night Football. Patriots heading to New Jersey to take on the Jets. Yes, I said New Jersey because that is where they play, you plebs. I have Cam Newton as a, a QB one this week. I think that you know the Jets are super bad, and we saw a lot of, of the old Cam or what we saw before he had COVID and the second half of that Bills game. And the Bills defense is obviously better than the Jets defense. Everything's better than the Jets defense. So I am not going to make the mistake this week, I would say, of starting uh, Ben DeNucci over Camp Newton in any of my fantasy leagues. Yeah, just zero interest in this game. I'm happy to start Jacoby Myers uh, because the Patriots do need a get-right game. So... If they have the opportunity to absolutely spank the Jets, I'm sure that they would love to do that. Um, like you said, Cam looked good again last week despite the loss and despite despite the loss coming on. Absolutely heartbreaking play for Cam personally. Yeah. He looked pretty good. And uh, so, yeah, well, I think the Patriots roll here. The Jets are just – Jets are trash. Not good to be they're, sold. They're, they're going to they're gonna win, Trevor. If you were like – where where is the best landing spot in your mind for Sam Darnold? Because clearly he is clearly the regression has hit, or or just he is just not things aren't clicking for him in, in New York. And there was so much hype about him coming into the draft, and he seems like there's been flashes where he has the the arm strength and and the throw. You know, he throws off bat, like does incredible plays, can make things happen. Uh, but clearly, Adam Gase, as he does with anyone who has mild uh, talent, just completely <laughs> shits on that. Uh, do you feel like, cause he's, if they take Tre- Trevor Lawrence, they're not going to hold on to Sam Darnold. Is there a spot that you feel like makes sense for a, a Sam Darnold landing spot? Yeah, I think Sam Darnold's really good. I think if you watch him play, you kind of, it's the fear of what you hope didn't happen to Joe Burrow or what you hope doesn't happen to Joe Burrow. A guy's got movement. He throw the ball well. And when you just give him like a tiny bit of time and someone else on the team to help him a little bit, he looks really good. Um, so I don't know how you wouldn't take Trevor Lawrence as the number one pick, but I also don't know how someone doesn't give you at least a second for what the fifth year option for Sam Darnold or is he in his fourth year? I don't know. Yeah. Something I think it might be, it might be fifth year option or maybe fourth year. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think Sam Darnold's still pretty good and I, I could yeah. be totally wrong. I thought Josh Rosen was okay too. <laughs> so, you know, Hey, Jerry's still out of there. there. Despite the fact that he's been in the year five years or whatever. Uh, it would be I am I, what I am 100% here for is the Bill Belichick trades a fifth round pick for Sam Darnold and then resurrects his career. I'm here for it. It'll never happen, but uh sign me up for that. At the very but least I mean, if, if you had to bet on who's going to be next in the Adam Gase you oh. know using Adam Gase to fertilize their career moving to a new team, I can't that's not a good phrase. It doesn't Sam Darnold just seem like the kind of person who would be like, oh, he was good. Oh, <laughs> Sam Darnold is going to go to a different team and immediately be a top 15 quarterback. 
it's without without fail that's what's going to happen i just if if the jets lose every single game this year or win one game if they have the top overall draft pick i cannot fathom a world in which at like you keep adam Gase and give him another young stud quarterback to just completely ruin that is just hor- i am not an nfl gm and that's just the dumbest thing you could possibly do I felt like I said a good number at the over-under for week nine for Adam Gase. I didn't if know that gets, two coaches would be fired before that. But, but that's not a bad – if he gets absolutely blown out Monday night football. So maybe. I love narrative street in football. And I heard someone say uh, the owner or GM came out and said, Adam Gase is finishing this year. And then the person was like, well, yeah, because if you're going to lose all your games, you don't want that just fired your coach bump game where everybody plays their ass off. No, you want to sh- no. you want to sink this ship to the ground. And I thought that was really interesting. So maybe he will coach all year. That's true. That's that's not a bad take. Also, what are you going to do? Like have Greg Williams as your interim head coach? That's uh... oh, he'd win four games and ruin. Your- exactly. Well, he'd completely tank your tank for Trevor by uh, by suddenly making this team viable. For some yeah. reason, at least at first. The Greg Williams act seems to get a lot of respect from it's players. Great. He seems to quickly wear himself out also. Oh, yeah. But there's a bump. There is there is certainly a bump, and, and it would be one that the New York Giants would be uh, remiss to have. All right, well, there you go. Week nine starts and sits. Uh, make sure to subscribe to the Fake Teams podcast wherever you get your podcast. iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. That is how you'll not only get us, uh, but also our fantasy baseball and fantasy basketball podcast. If you have any more starts and sits questions, specific ones, who should you play? Who should you sit? Tweet them at us at RB1 Podcast. We'll be happy to give you some advice. You can also follow me on Twitter at Pete M. Rogers and follow Clark at NFL Clark. And uh, we will be back at you next week to not only talk football and recap week nine, but um, talk about uh, some world stuff. Probably football. Probably just football, though. Let's be honest. Until then. Peace.